Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan, and I'm delighted to explore with you how we can 10x our passive investor list with optimized marketing. Nick Love is a 24-year-old multifamily investor, operator, and marketing specialist with 189 total units under management. Based in Dallas, Nick is a marketing expert in multifamily real estate investing with experience in working with the best ever real estate brand, Think Multifamily, Good Egg Investments, and many more. So Nick, share with us a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. So thank you, Alan. I appreciate you having me on here. What comes to mind whenever you ask me that question was back in the younger days, I was a big tennis player. So I played tennis for a long time at a young age and and growing up, up all the way through high school and even some inside of college. So I think that the sport of tennis and just learning day to day and practicing and failing and winning and kind of learning a lot of big aspects of life from playing that sport, I think has made a really big impact on how I go about things in life. See it as a match going through or whenever I'm playing against an opponent, it is actually playing against an opponent and not just playing the game kind of thing. So I think that that's one of the the big things that, that comes to my mind first, at least. Okay. Well, great. You know, that's just the way it is. Business is a bit competitive and learning how to compete at a young age has got to be an advantage. Well, Nick, you have a very interesting background in advertising and uh, social media in particular. So talk to us a little bit about just in general, how a multifamily investor can use social media and why would we be interested in using it? Okay. So social media definitely changes day to day. And I think that depending on where you are, as far as inside of your business, you can use it to a different advantage each way. But the main point of social media that I think will benefit most people is one, getting that exposure, not only building up that muscle for you to start understanding that you should be taking more pictures and videos, whether that's inside of documentation or to put out on your social media and website, but you're more so using Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and all these platforms as almost online billboards to kind of try to get as many people as possible into your website to try to funnel in leads, right? Whenever you think on a macro level, social media is just trying to get attention. And so you're putting out information to people that in turn, they'll end up seeing who you are and what you are and go to your website to try to get more information on your company and what you offer them. So a lot of people get social media wrong inside of multifamily because they try to put themselves up on this large pedestal. They try to be a perfect company or a perfect this and try to put out content specifically for a passive investor. But what ends up happening is that they do end up putting themselves all the way up here and almost acting like a robot where they're just putting out like this type of content that has no emotion behind it or personality. And so you can't really differentiate from company to company because everybody's putting out the same content, the same way kind of factor. So social media is really beneficial to you if you can shine your personality and what your company values 
through it. And that will ultimately kind of make you a better brand than most people and help you stand out in order to gain more exposure and more leads and, and things like that. So that's that's probably one of the main things that I can think about right now. Well, that all makes sense in theory to me. In practice, it has become extraordinarily challenging because, well, first of all, it takes a considerable amount of time. It seems like, oh, it's just push a button here. But then that's what you're talking about in terms of the robot kind of image that goes out there. And that's certainly what's going to happen if you don't commit time to it. The other thing that it seems to me is that it takes a continuous amount of creative effort uh, to keep that fresh, to keep it personalized to all those things that you just spoke to. And and you mentioned uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and I don't know, it seems like there's a new one out there every day. How do you keep up with it? And how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it creative and still have essentially those that billboard effect on all of those different uh, outlets? It is overwhelming especially at first, whenever you're trying to start from zero or start, start from 10 or 100, you kind of get overwhelmed in the idea where, okay, if I'm going to be on social media, then that means that I need to be on all of these social media platforms to get myself out there the maximum amount of times. And then let's say there's four or five social media platforms that you think about and you want to post two or three times a week. And then you start doing the numbers and add up how much time and content effort you have to put into it. It does feel overwhelming. Um, and so the couple main things that I can think about that specifically is instead of going down that route, you can still have your presence, but you should be focusing on one to two platforms. And I'm sure people get that information um, day in and day out all the time that you should focus down inside of one or two platforms. And I think it's very true and why you should understand which platforms are more benef beneficial for you right now, because not only whenever you're building up these audiences are not that many people going to see it in the beginning. The content that you're creating right now, if you just work on one or two platforms and just try to pump out content and really understand what you want to put out there into the world, then by the time you start getting good at it, then you can now go and branch out to other platforms. And it doesn't even matter what you used to post about because now you're this type of person or this type of content oriented thing. And then the second piece of advice that I could say is that instead of focusing on building up your following or trying to create the, the most creative content that you can, you should focus on building out your own social media system and your consistency with posting. So even if it's twice a week and it's just a you holding up a video to send something out there, it's better for you to kind of create this foundational system of, okay, hey, maybe I'll create content on a Tuesday and I'll post out on Thursday and Saturday. And then you just stick with that and move forward as you learn and as you do these things, instead of trying to do all this perfectionism at one time, you know, I need to create the most creative post right now. Because what ends up happening is that people get discouraged because they put all this time and effort into one or two posts that get no views and no exposure. And they think they've done something wrong. When in reality, it's just people starting out or not even doing it correctly because they don't have the knowledge. And they end up just thinking that they wasted their time and it doesn't work when really it's that long term thinking and you can't expect too much starting out. So those are kind of the, the few thoughts that I have with that. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. 
Are you a busy professional passionate about the work of your calling yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtucker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Yeah, certainly I think that is a big aspect of of people just getting discouraged because, oh, we hear all these things that uh, this video got millions of hits overnight and it became an overnight success. Well, that probably happens about one time in a million, but we still like those stories, don't we? But it's the long haul and just about anything you get into. Well, do you have any suggestions for specifically which ones to begin with for particularly different phases of our multifamily investing career? Or like you mentioned, is it more determined by your personality? That's a good question. I think personality will always be a factor. And if you end up going towards a preference, let's say that you love LinkedIn, you already think you have a good presence on LinkedIn. Sometimes it is better to start there and try to grow that even further because you already kind of have a momentum or a presence there instead. But then the second thing that I would say is that since social media shifts day in and day out or year over year, sometimes platforms will benefit you more depending on what you do, depending on how they are currently putting out exposure. Like a lot of people are posting out on LinkedIn or on TikTok just because there is 10 times more natural and organic exposure on those platforms than others. So whenever social media platforms are around longer and longer, their algorithm gets smarter and smarter. And in turn, it ends up shifting that exposure to people that are putting out really, really good content. So for, let's say for Facebook right now, if you have a Facebook business page, you get one-tenth of the exposure of putting out a post right now than you would 10 years ago, just because the algorithm changes over time. And you have to see that and understand that. So in, inside of your question, one of the, the best platforms I would say to be on right now for you would be LinkedIn and Instagram. And here's why. With LinkedIn, you can leverage a lot of new features that they're constantly putting out. Recently, LinkedIn put out on their mobile version, because I'm sure not as many people use the mobile version as, as I think for other platforms. You can now put on stories on LinkedIn. That's almost different like they do on Instagram or on Facebook and, and things like that. So LinkedIn, you should be posting a decent amount because inside of the professional world, that's obviously where there's a lot of people that are engaging, that are understanding. And then I say Instagram because Instagram has a feature called Instagram Reels and Instagram like IGTV and those platforms, which you can think of Instagram Reels, if you don't know already, is like TikTok, where you're putting out videos, there's sounds associated, and it's almost short form video content. And the reason why it's so beneficial is because this feature is so new with Instagram. And I say new as in the last six to 12 months, they're pushing out to anybody that's putting, that's posting reels. They're giving them more and more exposure. So for somebody like myself or, or somebody out there, let's say that you have six to 600 to a thousand followers. You're a small creator trying to put out there. You could easily get a thousand to 2000 views on these Instagram reels just because you're posting out on the platform. So part of the equation is what platform do I like? What platform do I like putting on, engaging with? And then the second part is how can, how is this platform helping me? 
you know, if I'm posting day in and day out on Facebook, it's going to be completely different from me posting day in and day out on LinkedIn or on Instagram. So I think that those should be factors in your, in your thinking whenever you're trying to double down on, on certain platforms. And whenever you do end up thinking, okay, like 2022, I'm going to post twice a week on LinkedIn, let's say, then you should 100% make sure that if there's any option to put in a call to action or your profile has links in it, they should all be ready to work. You should already be able to, to traffic people to your profile because you want to be able to capture all of that work that you're putting in. So that's kind of my thoughts. I think that LinkedIn and Instagram are probably going to be your best places because even though TikTok is a great place for you to grow, if you're posting daily and putting out content, I don't think too much of the audience that has multifamily brands that we're looking for is there. And so whenever you're trying to put in all this time and effort, just like you're saying, you want to be able to get that, that social ROI back, which I don't think is there in TikTok right now. You may be able to build a following, but you won't build your audience kind of thing. So how long are those Instagram reels? Are they 30 second reels? Is that what they're looking at or, or what is it? I would say from what I studied and looked, the optimal posting out is between seven to 15 seconds. You can do longer than that. And it depends on what kind of content you're putting out. But if you're going to look more inside of Instagram reels, that seven to 15 seconds is best. And just absorb content. Just go through the platform, see what people are posting, see what's getting views. Because most of it, from what I've seen, is that people are creating content that's around the sounds that are associated inside of Instagram. And they're leveraging that to kind of bring back into the industry or into their profile, that kind of thing. So whenever you get down a system or, or, or understand how to use the platform, to make a 7 to 15 second Instagram reel will take you 15 to 20 minutes max, I think. Mm, okay. Well, interesting. I'll have to look into that. I don't, uh, I mean, I have an Instagram account, but I never, ever post to it. <laughs> so so you uh, you talk about this, this aspect of, of consistency over success and that it is more important to be consistent than it is to be successful at posting. So first of all, explain to me what you mean by that and tell us why the consistency is important. Well, that's a huge, huge thing that you'll most likely hear day in and day out about social media or even about multifamily investing in general, because if you want to connect it back to multifamily, let's say you'll have a much better success at acquiring more deals. If you look, if you underwrite 10 times more deals a day, or you're looking, you have a certain structure every day where you, you talk with the broker, you underwrite a deal, you submit an LOI and you track those numbers, understand that instead of, you know, once a week, you just put out an offer on a deal and then just wait for it because then you're almost trying, you're, you're betting 100% of your time into one thing instead of the other. And you're almost trying to bet on coming back to social media, that you'll be that overnight success, that you'll put out one piece of content and you'll get this crazy amount of growth back into it. So the reason that the consistency is so much more important than success is because social media is a short-term, long-term strategy. And I say that because it's short-term where you need to post day in and day out, twice a week, three times a week, be very authentic inside of yourself. And you have to do that for a long period of time because it compound interest every day. So every day you're building up, you know, touch point by touch point on people. People are seeing you more and more and more. And attention goes away really, really fast inside of social media, inside of email, inside of almost anywhere. 
And every day that you do post, you go up a level in compound interest and you're going your following. And every time you don't post, you almost go back a step or even two steps. So whenever you're posting out content, let's say one week, you're doing great. You're putting out two or three times. And then another week, you're doing the same thing. You post two or three times, and then you have two or three weeks where you don't do anything. Well, that almost is not is working against you because you're investing that time and effort into posting out content. And then it just ends up not going anywhere because then you're just back where you started. So the reason I say that it's important is because if you're big inside of fitness or big inside of in sports, you can't get buff or get fit overnight. You know, and every, people understand that really well, where they need to work out three, four times a week, every week for a couple of years or a couple of months or something like that. And then you go deeper and you realize, well, actually the exercise part is really only like 25% of the equation. It's really about your diet, which is true. So then you start focusing on your diet and exercise and you see great growth. You start counting calories, you do this and that. And so I equate that back to social media, where if you focus on your diet, of social media, which is your system, which is your kind of content you want to put out there, then you'll be much better off in the long term. Because now, instead of having this overwhelmment of what do I post and how often do I post and where do I post, you now have a system of, okay, I'm creating content on Sunday and I'm going to post twice a week on Tuesday and Thursday. And then it's almost like you have a great expectation of where you want to go and what you want to do. And just the final thought on this topic is... If you're trying to set out goals for social media, let's say, for example, you're at 500 followers on Instagram and you want to get to a thousand, it's better for you to think in terms of how many posts should I do instead of I want to have a goal of a thousand followers instead, because you can't control that. And people always say that you should not have a goal that you can't really control or, or try to control things that you can't control, right? So it's better for you to say, hey, maybe over the next three months, I'm going, I'm going to post 30 times or something like that, or 15 times. And then I'm going to look at all those statistics and look at all those things and see what went right and what went wrong and double down on those. You'll be much better off um, to look at it as a trackable and, and controllable item instead of, hey, I put out 30 different posts, but I only got another 100 or 200 followers instead of my thousand goal. So you think that you didn't accomplish when really you're much better off than, than somebody else. Well, that makes sense. Well, just real quickly, tell us a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, email marketing strategies, uh, some suggestions for that in terms of developing leads for our investors and finding properties and so on and so forth. Yeah. If you don't already have email marketing and strategies in place, which could be getting leads from your website or whenever you're doing webinars or whenever you're having deals, there is, I would say 60 to 75% of your email marketing can be automated whenever that's on your lead basis, on your prospect basis, or something that you can have created and then templatized and use that. So the main things that I say are whenever you have people that go to your website, if you have your lead magnets, if you have your podcast, if you have whatever that you're trying to capture your traffic, there should be an email sequence for that. Because let's say that I'm a new person to your website and I go there and you offer this free thing that I'm downloading that has value and I download it and I get it to my email and then I'd never hear from you. I'm going to forget you within two weeks. That's a, that's a fact that they study through because our attention with minimal data, it goes away very fast. So if you're going to offer up some type of free value or some type of um, information that will come to my email, 
then you need to introduce yourself or why you're different or why I should care about you because I've read this whatever lead magnet that you've given to me. So I suggest that inside of your website design specifically, let's say that you have two different sources for traffic right now. So they can either download this lead magnet, or maybe they just know that they want to invest with you right now and they fill out your investor form. Okay, great. So then what happens? You need to, you need to know your process as a past, as like a passive investor lead that goes through because the less friction that you give a potential lead, the higher the chance that they'll actually work with you or be loyal to you. That's kind of what we're trying to get with email marketing is to keep the attention of the, of the prospect and to, and to increase our loyalty. So if somebody is submitting an investor questionnaire, they should get an email pretty soon or get a Calendly link or something that they could schedule out. And maybe you do end up talking with them pretty soon or in a little bit that they should get information leading up to it. And after that, because it's not enough to just talk with somebody. And then whenever you have a deal, you send it out to them because there's almost no relationship. So the kind of point with email marketing is to get a closer relationship with that prospect so that you can have that loyalty. And a lot of that can be automated. So that's kind of the high level thing. I don't know how much time you want me to go into that, but those are my thoughts. Well, some good thoughts there. Nick, just one last thing, web design. And what is it that we as investors typically do wrong? Okay. Top three things that that multifamily investors do wrong with website design. First thing, the title page. Why whenever I go to a website, I should immediately be connected emotionally, financially, or successfully. So if I go to somebody's page and it just says multifamily investment company or investing in, in class B assets, everybody does that for one. Why is your brand different? Why do I care? If you go to websites like Cardone Capital, people that invest with Grant Cardone, but whenever you go to their website, it immediately says 15% IRR. You know, you're talking about taxes and, and depreciation right there off the gate. Somebody's reading and they already know their benefit. So what I suggest inside of people's website is right there on that title page, tell them what the reward is, what their benefit is, or why you're different. Immediately right there. And they understand your brand at a high level right now. Like what's important to you? Is the numbers important to you? Is creating a creating better communities, you know, which you do that from, you know, all this construction and things. And then the second thing is that there should be more opportunities for prospects to submit their information. So you can have a lead magnet and you can have an investor questionnaire, but you can go much deeper than that. If somebody's looking at your blog or they're looking at your podcast, maybe you could offer them a document right there on that website. Be like, hey, download this document of our top 10 podcasts that we've done in the show and how they benefit a past investor or something. So give them more opportunities to submit their data and you'll you'll convert much more people that go to your website. I think that's the second thing. And then the third thing is consistency with your brand. It should be the coloring, the fonts, the sizing, the logos, everything should be consistent completely throughout your website. And whenever people are going through the title page to your about page, to your invest page, there should be an easy organization and it should be easy on your eyes. I should know exactly where to go for what I'm looking for. I should know how to get back. And every time I'm going to a new page, it should be branded exactly the same. You know, it could have different visuals or different this and that, but I should be seeing a consistency inside of your fonts, inside of your images or, or kind of whatever authenticity you want to go through your brand. 
and they'll be much more likely to trust you and you'll seem much more professional because 50% of marketing is subconscious. It may not come through consciously, but whenever you have a different font or a weird sizing or something is messed up, they're going to subconsciously not trust you and not move forward just because it just doesn't look professional. So those are some of my main thoughts. Well, excellent. Excellent thoughts there. Well, Nick, tell us how we can get in touch with you and what it is you have to offer. You can get in touch with me easily with my email, which is nick at hazelequity.com if you have any questions or, or something inside of marketing. And then I also just launched out this email value newsletter, actually. It's called The Real Marketer, which I pretty much put out twice a week information on marketing, specifically inside of multifamily for people straight to straight to their email, not selling anything, just putting out value kind of like this, just podcasting, but in an email form with a lot of different information that people can digest. And you can go to that by going to therealmarketerswithans.com. And that's probably the, the best ways to, to reach out to me. Well, excellent. Well, Nick, it has been wonderful having you today. Just love the information you have shared with us. And I know our viewers and listeners will benefit from contacting you. So thanks so much for being with us, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate you having me on here. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com.